Hello, and welcome to our very first episode of Man Chat Chit Chat on this beautiful Thin Fried Friday. We're at Middendorf's Restaurant in the middle of the swamp out in Man Chat, Louisiana. How lucky are we to work at such a, in such a fun environment? We like to say we're in the middle of everywhere, and that's why we decided to start this podcast, to bring you behind the scenes and introduce you to the unique people we get to know through the restaurant. I'm Karen Pfeiffer, and I own Middendorf's Restaurant with my husband, Horse Pfeiffer. He's going to be your guide on this feast of fun. He joins us now to share a little bit about himself and how he got to where he is today. Hi, Horst. Hi, Karen, and thank you for introducing me. Uh, first, with a name like Horst Pfeiffer, you're definitely not born in Manchac, Louisiana. I was born in Germany in a small little village called Bechlingen. It had 150 people. It's like a little hamlet. Uh, I grew up there. My parents had a farm, and we lived off the farm till 1972. I also, in our little village, had a, a school, and uh, it was so funny. We had one classroom, nine grades. Each, cl- each grade had a table. So there was like four on one table, five on another table. That was our, our school there. We had a little, we even had a mayor. Uh, it was fun to grow up this way since the whole village raised you. What sometimes is missing when we're in these bigger cities. Uh, I was born in a home. It was built in 1658. Now, we renovated it in 1968. We barely tore down. This was, <laughs> didn't, we had to. Uh, my dad uh, not only was a farmer, he also was the butcher. Uh, he butchered everybody's pig in town so people could, we made blood sausage and liver sausage. And as a little boy, I used to help him there. I was the guy when there, we slaughtered the pig. I had to stir the blood so we could make some boudinois, that blood sausage. And so and scrape scraped the pig and everything. So I grew up. Whatever we had on our dinner table when I grew up as a little kid was raised or grown on the farm. And uh, that's, you know, in the fall, we harvest our cabbage, we shredded it, we put some wine in there and bay leaves and, and put it in a big clay pot in our cellar to ferment it. So we had sauerkraut all winter long. Uh, we went down there and then cooked it with apples and everything. And so a lot of this ingredients later on, you also see in Middendorf some of my upbringing and some of the recipes as we go along. Uh, you know, growing up in a little town like this, you know, it, it just in, it's, it reminds me also of Manchac, where I'm, I'm right now. After I graduated from high school, I was 15 years old, you have to make a decision uh, what you want to do. Uh, well, at 15, who can make a decision? So as it was time to make a decision, what I was without an apprenticeship, so my mother said, why don't you become a chef? You like to cook. I said, oh, that's a good idea. So I started an apprenticeship as a chef in Rodenbrook up to Tauber. Um, and I went worked five days, went one day a week to school. The reason why or how I got into cooking, growing up on a farm back then, and my little brother was born, my mom had to work in the field. I was at home heating up food, cooking it. That's what we all had to do. We all had to help on the farm. And my thing was at home watching my brother and cook meal when my mom and dad came in from the field. So that's how I got interested in That's why my mother had this great idea. Why not you become a chef? Well, I went to Rodenburg and I started at 15. And it's real hard when you're this young uh, to live a life like this since, you know, all your friends, they're off on weekends and you have to work. And that's in our industry sometimes very, very hard. But, you know, I made an early decision. I remember the day when I was 17 years old and I'm sitting in... Um, in, uh, in the kitchen, peeling potatoes, and I set myself goal to be a master chef when I was 25 and open a restaurant when I was 35. 
I accomplished all of them some earlier. I actually opened my first restaurant in nine, uh, 29 years old, and it's called, called Bella Luna. Some of you remember me from there, and we're going back there later on. Now, I do go back every year to visit my mother. Uh, she just had a big birthday, so we're always going over there and visit her. And it's so fun. It's like a little routine, you know, wherever we grew up, like a lot of our customers here, you know, when they visit their family here, they come by at Middendorf, eat their thin fried catfish. Like when I go to Germany, the first thing I do uh, when I get off the airplane, I get there to the bakery, get a warm pretzel with butter on it. Then on the way home, I stop at my sister's. She's, uh, well, when I say home, I fly into Stuttgart, and from there it's like an hour drive. On the way from the airport to my mother's house, my sister, she has a farm. She has right now 300 sheep, but she milks 100 of the sheep. She milks every day, twice a day, and she makes the cheeses. So I get some cheese from her and some milk, and then we go to the next uh, market that's in a small town. Uh, this farmer has a big market, and he slaughters a lot of uh, pigs, and he makes all the sausages. So we get there, we get some leberwurst, blutwurst, that's the liver sausage, the blood sausage, uh, different cheeses, the black forest ham, and then all the beautiful breads we have over there. And then we go home and spend the evening there. And the question sometimes people ask, what do Germans eat? Well, how we grew up, our biggest meal was at daytime. They eat warm at daytime, and in the evening, most of the time we had just cold stuff on the table like charcuterie plates. You had all the different sausages and cheese and tomatoes and onions and everything and that's how you ate. Uh, very seldom we ate something warm. Maybe I remember the only time I remember eating something warm in the evening was on Christmas Eve. That was a big event. But most time it was always bloodwurst, liverwurst, bread, cheese. <laughs> that's how we did it. So that's what I'm still doing. But back a little bit, some of the kids maybe want to, or younger people want to know about how my training and everything in, in, in Germany uh, went, you know, when you go to school for three years and you work there in a hotel. And then after this, I went straight, after my apprenticeship, I was drafted in the army. Back then, everybody had to go. And I went there for 18 months. Then I got out and I applied for a job in uh, southern Germany in the mountain region in the Alps and worked in the ski resort from them. I worked a summer season there, a winter season there. And a lot of us in our industry over there travel around and work in different seasons and ski resorts and everything. And you can learn a lot of experience. And it's hard on the beginning when you're a young uh, person in this industry since you travel a lot and you learn, but it helps you later on in your life to add value to who you are since you have a lot more experience. And uh, you learn from everybody something. Wherever you go, you learn something. And I did too. Um, after a couple of, I went in uh, to the United States one time uh, for 18 months, worked in Austin, Texas. And that's where I met Karen. And we've been married now for 31 years. And then I went back to Germany and got my master's degree uh, in culinary arts. And you need it over in Europe since this way you're kind of a teacher, educator to able to uh, teach these young kids apprentices. So I did this, and then I came back to the United States, to Austin, Texas. I worked at the Four Seasons, and uh, then came in 91, came to New Orleans, and we opened Bella Luna. And Bella Luna was by the river. It used to be Moran's Riverside. I took over Moran's. We opened it called Bella Luna, beautiful moon. What a great thing, being German, 
have an Italian restaurant. It was so perfect. <clears throat> it was right in the French Quarter, and it was a great place to show off the city. And we were very, very successful. Bella Luna used to be known for the thin fettuccine. They were tossed tableside with truffles and truffle oil. And Bella Luna was a very uh, fine dining restaurant. It was absolutely a great place to show off your city. Uh, show off New Orleans. It was great. Well, you know, Katrina came. It was hard on everybody. And actually, Bella Luna was destroyed during this. But at the same time, we opened the uh, catering facility in the warehouse district. It was called the Foundry. And, you know, I love this industry. I mean, people always, you know, I, when I hear other people, they're griping about going to work and they're not happy. You know, when people ask me, I'm happy since when you make yourself happy at work, then you don't go to work. I love to go to work since that's my, it's wonderful. And people in this young, people have to learn sometimes to learn to love something and then it's not rough anymore. Well, most of young kids, as you know, they complain about everything, but that's just the old farts talking like this. Um, and so we had Bella Luna and we, uh, it was a, a great, the people we met there showing off the city and we loved it. And then the catering we did. But then after Katrina, you know, I, I needed something to do. The catering was not all. Uh, so we were looking for a restaurant. And then we looked everywhere. And then in 2007, a friend of mine called and said, hey, are you interested in looking at, the, at Middendorf's? Well, we heard about Middendorf's. Uh, never been there. So I drove out on a Tuesday. Now, Karen told me, and you know, when we open the restaurant, you know, I want to something that has a name and has laminated menu, no tablecloths, and a big parking lot. And I want it a little bit more casual. Um, so I said, well, okay, let's see. So I came out here. Well, it's had a name. It's had a, it was established at laminated menus, no tablecloths, a big parking lot. Since we used to have valet parking at Bella Luna. And I'll never forget this one evening. This young kid, Michael was his name. He comes in the kitchen and says, chef, 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 please don't fire me. I said, well, what do you do? Well, when we walked out, said he crashed three cars. So uh, parking, uh, I don't know how he did it. And so on the way out, I said, well, Michael, I'm not going to fire you. And then when we walked out the front door and we looked at the car, he turned around looking, boss, I quit. <laughs> it was funny. Well, listen, you know, accidents happen. He didn't mean to. It just was a car to big. And so when we had this restaurant, so I came back to Karen. I said, okay, no tablecloths, laminated menus, a name, a line on the door, and no valet, and we have a big parking lot. She laughed, and we came out here on a Sunday, and he ate. And Tuesdays, we made an offer and met Joey and Susie, and uh, the rest is history. We bought it from them, and so we fell in love with it, and we loved the challenges. And... Uh, some of you have been here. We're very proud of what we accomplished now in this time we've been here since 07. We bought it, uh, we started here on April the 2nd in 07. And I think we accomplished a lot to not change anything and add a lot to it and preserve this Louisiana icon for the rest of time. Well, let's talk about the Middendorf's timeline. <clears throat> some of you have been here and seen it when you walk up our ramp. You know, Middendorf's was born, the, the restaurant was born, 1934. But, and this was Mr. Louis Middendorf and Miss Josie. Uh, they started together. Uh, Louis died in 47, so he didn't have it very, very long. 
but they had a son, Miss Josie had a son. His name was Dick Smith, and he eventually took it over in 1967. His daughter, Susie, who eventually bought it from, and her husband, Joey, they, took, they all worked their whole life, but they finally took over the control in 1976, and they worked here every day and um, been here. Karen and I bought it in 2007, and it's right now our 11th year. Well, since we bought in our 11 years, you know, first, when we left New Orleans, uh, you know, after Katrina and everything, it was a big challenge for everybody there. I said, well, we want to get a break. So we thought we'd come out here to Manchac, and it would be a little, we get a little bit of break from everything. Well, we had it for one year, one year, which, and we just finished building our deck where people can enjoy the water from the, and Ike hit Houston. Well, even a storm this far away, but the wind and everything. So we flooded in 08 the first time. And it was, uh, it's not a good feeling. All of us in our area, you know, battling the water and everything. Well, but you know, you can't go back, back and cry. So you have to push forward since so much depends on it. First with the name like Middendorf's, the restaurant, the people who come here. And so Karen and I, we pushed real hard and friends helped us to get as quickly back in commerce as we could. It took us six, six weeks the first time around, <clears throat> and we learned a lot from it. And uh, during this time, well, six weeks to open it in what was the new restaurant. It was low to the ground. And, uh, during this, and it took us a whole year to rebuild the old restaurant, and we added a kitchen and pilings higher, and then a ramp down there. It took us a whole year. So in, then in 2009, we moved back in the original building, with the kitchen high in pilings and used our deck we also finished. So we had this. At the same time, we shut down the new building, what is across the parking lot. You still see it there. And people always, when you open it, and I say, well, none of you ever wanted to eat over there anyway. There was the new one. You, nobody liked it. So right now it's our storage. We, you know, some of you come here with our Christmas decoration, Oktoberfest decoration. We need to put this stuff somewhere. So we, we went back in 2009. Then we took a year off, kind of, from building anything. And then in 2011, we built what we call the Sunset Room. That's the room with the trees everybody left in the train for the kids and everything. We built this in 07, uh, 11, sorry, 2011. <clears throat> and then we felt good and we got a generator for the back. And just to let people know, wow, a generator. Well, we don't need a generator for bad weather. We need a generator when it's a blue sky and sunny and there's people here and they want to eat and somewhere in Hammond is a storm and we don't have power. So that's why we have one. And thank God we had it since in 2012, Isaac, who stood here in Homa for 24 hours, pumped so much water in here and this area had the worst flood ever from a hurricane. The water was in our old restaurant up to the tables and it was devastating. Uh, it was hard. So here again, let's rehash, get started over again, make a plan. Well, we had a plan A and plan B, what are we going to do? Well, plan A was not getting flooded. Plan B was, well, we got flooded, what are we going to do? Well, it's so good when you have a generator, high and dry, and the sunset room was high and dry in the kitchen. So we had a dining room in the kitchen, didn't have water, just the old restaurant. But when you have power to be able to run your air conditioning and, and pumps and everything, it really, really helps was mediating and cleaning up much faster. So our goal was, Karen told me, Horst, I want to be back open in two weeks. Well, as a good husband, we were open in two weeks. We were cleaning out, we were tearing out, as we still had water out there, 
and two weeks later we opened up. But at the same time, we knew we had to do more to go into the future. So that's why then uh, the same year, uh, in 2012, 13 in the winter, we tore down our coolers and freezers and build them high. So when you drive in our parking lot, there's a building next to our chicken coop, and that's where all our refrigeration is high and dry. So since some of you ask what this would be, they call it the high rise back there. And then 2016, we finally was our last step to go high and dry in our old restaurant, the old original restaurant, Mittendorf's. And, you know, as much some, it was a big step since everybody knew the building. But it was so funny when we tore down, we tore down on a Monday and Tuesday so nobody could see it. And then on Wednesday when people came, they didn't even notice it was gone. Since in these two days, we put the name Middendorf's on the Sunset Room, and so they didn't even notice it. Even our regulars didn't even notice it. And then it took us uh, less than 100 days to come back, and we reclaimed all the old wood is in this building. Everything is reclaimed and old. Um, and we used it all, and it's high as the Sunset Room. It's dry, so it makes us feel good. And people think it's a little bit bigger, but it's not. We just used what used to be kitchen and coolers. We gave it to all to our customer. So it's more comfortable, it's quieter, and the people can enjoy it more. So that's what's about rebuilding Middendorf's and the Louisiana Icon. Now let's talk about the food, what we did to it. Well, we respected all the old food we have. That was a key thing. And that's one thing I had to learn when I came from New Orleans as a fine dining restaurant to respect. Since everybody who ate here knows it's much longer than I did. And so it was a great learning experience for me. And so uh, to do this. Now we did add a few things. We had like nice salads and a vegetable blade and stuff like this. And we made a few more desserts and everything. So this was really, really great. And to say what my favorite food is, well, it's the thin fried catfish. It's delicious. And uh, Learned it, how good it can be. And the people who, you know, the nicest compliment when somebody comes in here with 80 years old and told me they had their first meal here and they're still coming in and thanking me what a great job we did and how wonderful everything is on preserving what we did. That's the nicest compliment. And we hear it every day and on weekends. It's, it's just a wonderful feeling. And I don't take it for granted. I really respect the people who are here and even push harder to make it even better and help the people who work here and everything. <clears throat> well, the learning curve of, uh, to learn about Middendorf's, you know, it took a little while. The hardest uh, downs was always our uh, floods and everything, but I think we did a good job. So, another things we added to our menu, we added some turtle soup, who was here in the old days, and we have it here. But also we do some other stuff, we added a little bit to our uh, Middendorf's food scene. <laughs> well, uh, I told you earlier, we had uh, the thin fettuccine tossed table side at Bella Luna. Well, here at Middendorf's, we know we get the same customers we had at Bella Luna and more, and we see them everybody here. Well, they always ask me about, well, you know, when we can get the fettuccine, when can we get the fettuccine? Well, finally I got vegan, so okay, we're doing fettuccine. And this was real exciting, since some of the people who work here also do see something a little bit different. So in September, we always, we call fettuccine frenzy. And you can do, we're doing it with uh, shrimp, with crawfish, with grilled chicken, with crab meat. Uh, so people can get it here. And we sell them down in our little store uh, with the cheese. Just about this fettuccine, uh, what we always did. 
you know, first it's paper thin. It's, it's very labor intensive to make. It's not just regular fettuccine buy in a store. We make it ourselves. Then you need the right cheese. We get a big piece of Reggiano Parmesan and we grate it. And it's the right consistency. We don't put cream in. We just put a little bit of milk in there and a little bit of pepper. And the cheese adds the creaminess to it as you mix it in. And it's just delicious. It melts in your mouth, as people say. It's very, very delicious. So when you come here, you can buy it in our shop and also eat it table side. In our shop, it's uncooked and we have a recipe on there. We have a little shop when you come in, and we sell there the turtle soup, the gumbo. We have some alligator meat in there and some uh, turtle meat, so you can make your own turtle recipe soup and everything. With you. And sometimes little knickknacks and T-shirts and everything. So don't forget when you come by to look in our little shop. Christy did a great shop and put them all the stuff in there. Then we, after our fettuccine frenzy in September, we go on into October. Well, what are you going to do in October? Well, me being German, Middendorf being German. Ponchatoula used to have an Oktoberfest. We said, let's start Oktoberfest. Well, we were a little bit nervous in the beginning. We are a seafood restaurant. I said, well, we just do a special entree, appetizer and dessert maybe, and we still have the Middendorf's menu. Well, and just to let you know, it's too golf. Yeah, I've been in this business for so long, and it's a wonderful, wonderful experience of seeing what it's grown into it. And it's now so festive. Our girls, some of them wear dirndls, and we're decorating it. And it's really incredible. So every Wednesday and Thursday in October and two weeks in November, we have some German food. Every week is a different menu. Now, besides the Oktoberfest food, remember, we have our regular Middendorf's uh, food, the thin fried catfish, since it's maybe not for everybody. But they would come with you if you want it. They can come with you and they still eat the cat catfish. And, you know, we have there from the sauerbraten with spätzle and rotkraut, that's red cabbage, with black forest cake. Uh, with Apfelstrudel, uh, we have a Feschbotella, we have Maultaschen. Every week is something different. And you can see it up on our websites or you can uh, pick up menus here. And, it's, and we have a nice big selection of German beers during this time. And this gets me so excited when I talk about this. We get our regular customers here who eat, come out here every Wednesday and Thursday, eat their thin fried catfish. We see them every Wednesday and they drink their iced tea. When we do Oktoberfest, the same people sit down. Each eats like a Schweinshaxe with smothered cabbage and a dumpling and a pretzel and a Schwarzwälder Kirschtorte, that's a black forest cake, and they drink a beer. And when people come here for so long, for 70 years, and they accept something like this, that's a real heartwarming feeling. It's really, really uh, wonderful. And you know about the favorite times of the year. They're all favorite times. Since when you're here at Middendorf's, <coughs> The people who come here, you know, they leave happy with their belly full, like back to work. There's a wonderful day every day at Mittendorf. We lo I love it. It's, it's, it's such a calling. <clears throat> now, with my life, when people talked about, well, you used to have to find dining restaurant. What do you cook now? Well, first here, I do whatever it has to be done here at this restaurant. If I have to fry fish, I fry fish. I do this. But if I want to cook something, I cook it at home. And my friends are very thankful since I love to cook. And Karen, we have this great deal going. And I cook, she does the dishes. Uh, but I'm careful not to make too many dirty dishes since, you know, it's, she's my wife. So <laughs> I have to recycle certain parts and wash them myself. <clears throat> but it's great. I cook there at home. I love to make pizzas at home. I like to cook some German food. I like to cook anything, whatever. You know, my friends, when I go sometimes grocery shopping, that long will go with me since it's like, you know, when girls go shopping, they're going to the boutiques with clothes and everything. If I go to a nice grocery store, it's 
I can stay there for hours. I look at that and then I dream it up what I want to cook. You know, look at the produce, look at the herbs and everything. And it's real, real neat. And yes, I cook every meal since we've been married for 32 years. And that's what I do and love. Um, and we, anything we can see and try to eat and everything. Um, you know, I cooked everything. I remember I went one time hunting in South Texas. And <clears throat> we walked along going for quail. And uh, there's some rattlesnakes fighting. They were real long. I mean, not 20 feet, but 5 feet. And, and so we harvested them. Means we killed them. One friend wanted the skin and the rattles. Well, I wanted the meat. So I took this home. And uh, we cooked it. For my, that's when I had Bellaluna for my waiters, and everybody wanted to try it. It was real, real neat. Well, here at Middendorf's, you know, we, <coughs> we have down the street, there's Hayden Reno. Uh, we get some crabs and catfish from him. But also Hayden, in the fall, he uh, goes alligator hunting. And he skins them, and I go down there, and I get all the meat from him. And actually, I cook sometimes, like we have, I cook today some wonderful, uh, delicious uh, alligator dishes. I made it uh, some uh, alligator in sauce pecan. I made it on a skewer. And we made some little sliders of alligator meat. You know, you can cook anything you want. You just have to have a little bit, dream it up how you put it together. And it's not tender. You can ask the girls, yeah, since when I cook it, I let everybody taste it, since they have to feel comfortable what we have. <laughs> so that's what I. I do. I cook everything at home. Well, uh, I want to round it up. So hopefully you know everything about me. You know, I'm had been in this business for 40 years. I love what it is. Uh, I got my master's degree in cooking. It's my calling being in this industry and my calling to be Middendorf's and preserve it for the future. Um, well, if you have any questions or comments, you can message us through the anchor app or email us at chitchatmiddendorfsrestaurant.com. Thank you for joining me today for an inaugural episode of Manchek Chit Chat. Uh, back for next month, but remember, if you want to know anything, it's chitchat at middendorfsrestaurant.com. Well, it's a tongue breaker, but we're getting better as we get along. So, you know, we're here once in a while, we make a mistake. So, chitchat at middendorfsrestaurant.com. Let us know. Guten Appetit. And we will be back next month. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.